Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Woo! I got the okay. We're going to go. I mean, how how do you even start a podcast considering what has happened here in the last week? All the joy and all the excitement. We haven't talked since uh, before December 25th, which is Christmas. Uh, My boy Tuttle and I, you know, co-host here on Bleacher Blums, the podcast, have had a great run, 102 podcasts. The feedback has been wonderful. The social network has been blowing up. I know we've been getting a ton of views on that. We're now on Pandora. We can, you know, you can access us on another uh, platform, which is phenomenal. And uh, we still have our title sponsor of uh, World Strongest Man CBD. So make sure you go to WSMCBD.com. And when the first of the year turned over, WSMCBD.com actually had some pretty good content on their uh, on their Instagram. And they've been running some great promotions. You know, it's 33% off for uh, Christmas. And then the new year, they're saying 25% off with the code. F2020, and you can read between the lines and maybe figure out what they're trying to say in that whole thing. So that was kind of funny and entertaining. But, uh, you know, if you're kicking off that new year and you have those resolutions, which I do not because I don't believe in something I can't keep up, <laughs> I might as well set some short term goals. But uh, make sure you're staying healthy with WSMCBD.com. We appreciate them. Tuttle, long time no talk. It is very good to see your face. I know we've spent maybe about 15, 20 minutes already talking to each other off air, so to speak. But uh, just let the fans at home know how you're doing and and how this year is going to be better. Yeah. You know, do I'm doing well. Blummer, great to see your face as well. And Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year to all the uh, Bleacher Blum fans out there. I will say... Uh, you know, hopefully I didn't see any Bleacher Blums t-shirts yesterday storm in the Capitol. So I think that's a good thing. Like there weren't too many of the followers of our, uh, because the people who voted for this have their mind, right? Yeah, I would agree. Well, you know, at least as right as, as yeah, we got to get to that later. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, at least as right as we can, uh, um, uh, hope, I guess. Right. But, uh, yeah, just an interesting year. I, I think, um, I think it's funny because we don't want to get too deep into the politics, but I, I will say I have friends that are very specifically, they always vote policy, right? They don't care about the character of the person. And I've kind of had this discussion, you know, obviously not on the podcast, but back and forth with some different friends about, you know, you just need to vote for the policy and not worry about the character of the person. And I think yesterday, if nothing else, proved that the character of the person matters as well. And, um, you know, and it was a little startling it was kind of one of those like where you know where people will come you know move along there's nothing to see here and you realize i can't really take my eyes off this this is nuts so so um anyway yeah so we're starting off the year with a bang but uh but i do i mean you know as as wsm cbd said f2020 i mean i think it's just always good to have some positivity and something to look forward to and this was like a really uh shocking day but uh again it doesn't dampen my hopes and expectations because we know how crazy last year was and i will i'll say one last thing about that which is i'm i'm with you i don't think we ever talked about this i'm not a new year's resolution guy um and maybe that comes from the baseball thing it's like you got to grind it out every day man your character is shown 
through and through every single day. That doesn't mean you don't want to tweak your process or tweak things or, you know, if you want to be a better father, think about um, maybe a little deeper uh, thoughts about how to raise your, raise your family. But, uh, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head. This isn't something where you just flip a switch and either, you know, try this thing that you can't keep up, you know, that you haven't been able to do for 40 years. Yeah. I'm going to lose, you know, 50 pounds. Like, I mean, you know, it's gotta be a new habit or a new start and there's nothing wrong with starting that at the beginning of the year, but it can't just be a resolution. It's gotta be something like a new habit or a new, um, you know, a new road or a new path. Yeah, I agree. The, yeah, the word resolution to me or resolute, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why we have to make resolutions. I think what you're saying and I kind of what you, you there was a word in there, improvement. How about we just look to improve on something? And I think that might be something that will just be universally used now after what we saw yesterday in the in Capitol Hill is just let's improve. Is that an improvement? That is not an improvement. We just need to improve as people and improve uh, how we can make each other better. And I think we've lost a lot of sight on, on individuality. I think we lost a lot of sight on who we are, or who we want to be. And we've put a lot of emphasis on the individual, like you're talking about, instead of the idea of what can make us better. And it has, it is, it is, dude, it is surreal. I, I know we, we want to talk about this a little bit, but what I was yeah. watching on TV, cause you said, you know, you can't take your eyes off it. I don't know if you were like me, but I was, I kept flipping through Twitter and I kept looking at it and I'm going, what is going on? What are we doing? What are we doing? This, this is real life. You know, these are things that we've seen in movies, you know, yeah. you know, I'm waiting for Gerard Butler to come out of nowhere and, <laughs> and, you know, shoot these people down and get the, get the riffraff out of there and get the president back and, you know, let, not, yeah. you know, what gets, get some civility back, but it was insane. Yeah. What, what are we doing? Yeah, you know, it's funny you said uh, that's great, the Gerard Butler. I was thinking like Daniel Craig, even though it's James Bond now. Yeah. You know, Daniel Craig Where, like swing on on a rope with a, you know, like, I mean, I it's it's really it is it's it's really interesting, um, and probably um, I don't know unprecedented. People keep talking about the uh, the kind of the attack on democracy and all some of the things we saw yesterday were obviously horrific. But what I think about is it's such a small. It's a microcosm of what's going on, but it's such a small group of people. And I'd like to call those people out. I mean, I, people I know that have lost their jobs are not, you know, storming the castle per se. I mean, mm -hmm. people I know that um, maybe disagree with some of the things that have been going on, uh, you know, work hard. They're blue collar. You know, if they lost their job, they go get another job. They don't have time to drive to Washington, D.C. and um, you know, spend their time like painting their face and, you know, storming the castle as it were. And I just feel like this is just, I feel like we have to keep perspective that this is a small fringe group of people. Now the president's hand in this at this point, I mean, I, he's going to burn the village down before he goes, but when he goes, you know, I think that we will have some return to civility and normalcy because the people yeah. that are going to be, um, now in these government buildings and these offices are people that have, you know, lifelong politicians, people that kind of grew up with the system and know the checks and balances and know how the system works. And we knew that when Trump got elected, he was an outsider, you know, he was an outsider playing this game. And so maybe we wanted some changes in that. And maybe some of the things that he brought to the table initially were, um, I don't know, a new uh, eye on things, but I think we're, 
you know, we were certainly treading on thin ice. And now, I mean, I guess he got his Twitter account uh, put on hold for 12 hours and lost. I mean, he was inciting people to do things that uh, he's going to burn the White House down before he leaves. And and many people have said that that's what he was going to do anyway. So I I have a picture or a vision of him leaving that uh, White House in a straitjacket being escorted by you know, the military or the FBI or whatever, but we just can't be done with this soon enough. And I think hopefully when he gets out of office, um, that his, you know, his words and his, uh, I don't know, his intent are, are taken much less serious than they would be now. And, and then lastly, it's just embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. It's kind of like, Oh, 100%. You know, that was my first emotion when you know, I saw having, this. having your wife, uh, ha- having an argument with your wife in public at a restaurant or something with the other tables looking at you. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's a great, really, that's a great way of looking at it. You yeah. Know? I mean, this other countries are looking at us going like, you know, kind of what you said, what are we doing? Like, what are they doing? Like, who is this person? I mean, you know, they're arguing at the table and everyone's looking at their table and nobody realizes that mm-hmm. that's us. That's exactly US, right. So it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's, it's, two, it's two U.S. partners having a blowout in the middle of a restaurant. Every other country's <laughs> looking in going, yeah. are they really arguing about that? What are they doing? Why are they yeah. doing it? You know, yeah. for me, you know, the embarrassing part of it, I'm with you on that because that's what I felt. I was like embarrassed for the country. I'm like, dude, not only is leadership embarrassing, these people are embarrassing themselves. Um, getting maced is embarrassing. Uh <laughs> That, that was, was ridiculous. Fun. Well, that was funny. I thought that sounded embarrassing. Yeah, that was hilarious. When you I feel mean, like you're wronged, you know, I mean, for, with for the breaking the into, social, the, into yeah. a federal building, what the yeah. hell? You're lucky it was just mace. That's right. um, I wrote something down when, you know, when this whole thing went down, I said, what we witnessed yesterday is Twitter in real life. Oh, it was a great, just a shit show. It. Yeah. Nobody knew how to control themselves or have the argument. They freaked out. They fired some shit onto a keyboard and went send. Ah, and they lost their mind. That's what we yeah. saw yesterday. It was Twitter in real life. That's uh, a great think, insight. Well, and I, and I will. I said this to you earlier, and I was I was not sure I would say it on the podcast, but I will. And I, I think you know Joe Rogan has done a pretty good job of this on his podcast, where he talks about you know getting in the same room. You and I have done this before, and we tend to agree on things, but getting in the room you know, if you're a meat eater and you have a vegan on your podcast, like, you know, listening to them and understanding why they believe what they believe. Be curious you know, about what they're thinking. Yeah. yeah. And, and you don't have to adopt what they're thinking or say, you know, you can have some disagreement, no. but that's civil. And I, my, my thought was the pro-life pro-choice kind of argument. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, being, there's nothing wrong with being pro-life, obviously, but you know, if you believe that, um, you know, that life begins at conception and that abortion is wrong. And, you know, it's great to have that debate and say that, look, we need to put some policies in place that support my belief. But the minute you go out as a pro-lifer and murder a doctor who is performing abortions, you lose all right to get into that room Incredible. and have that debate. And I feel like what you said, I know that's a little more serious kind of example of what you just said about that was Twitter coming. That's to kind of the moment we're in. So I think it's yeah, good. That's the moment we're in. I feel like the people that stormed the Capitol building yesterday, just kind of, they lost their permission or their right or their to yes. be in the room and have a debate because they just showed that they were crazy and that all of the arguments that they had been making to this point don't hold any water because those people aren't willing to, um, to look themselves in the mirror and have, you know, have an honest heart to heart and, and, or, and, or listen to anybody else. And then one last thing, this might bring a smile to your face. I love that the people in Georgia that were, that were contesting the election. These are the people saying, you know what? Trump actually won down here. Let's have a recount. Those same people were elected in an election, just like the same election. 
So like, hello, you just got elected. So let's, yeah, hello, let's look. Do you want to look, should we recount the votes that got you into McFly. office? Yeah. Hello, McFly. <laughs> yeah, I am your density. I mean, your destiny. Um, you know, it, it just cracks me up. Like, okay, so it works over here, but it doesn't work over here. I mean, I think with my knowledge about the political system, we should probably stop here. But, you know, it's nice that we're allowed to have some, yeah, it's nice that we're allowed some to have some freedom on here. But on we, yeah. we, know the, we know our limits. That's right. Hey, let me jump to sports because I think this is interesting. And I don't know if this was somebody else's take, but um, watching the college football playoff, which I believe Monday now, we're recording this on a Thursday. Unusually, we normally record on a Wednesday, but Thursday, we have Ohio State and Alabama. And I did hear some world, you know, some buzz about what's going on. But why do we have these top four teams like Notre Dame getting in every year and getting their ass kicked, for lack of a better word? There was a great article on The Ringer about Notre Dame getting into the playoff every year, getting their ass kicked. Like, we don't want to watch this. Fighting Irish fan or touchdown Jesus, but dude. Yeah. They're, they're how just they not, get, how can they get in every year and just crap themselves? That's right. They're just not in the category. And, but so that kind of leads to my point. You have Ohio state, Clemson and Alabama, and then everybody else. Like what, why don't we just put those three teams in every year? And the reason Give them a bye week. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because they have five-star recruits. And, and I thought this was every interesting year. because somebody else, this is not my take. I don't remember who it was. I was flipping around channels on Sirius, but the college football system is a joke like coastal Carolina and Cincinnati, these teams that are 11 and zero during COVID yep. and nine and zero, give them a seat at the table. Who cares? Let let's have it. Yeah. I don't, I mean, let's make it a 16 team round Robin, no sport in the world. Nobody ever complains who lost. Uh, was it Villanova or Kansas lost floor? Uh, they won the championship oh. next year. Who lost uh, to one to 16 seed, right? That was a, uh, yeah, it was, like, it was either Villanova or Kansas. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so the first the, team to yeah. lose right to a – oh, no, it was Virginia because they won it the next year. So Virginia okay. lost as a one seed to a 16 seed. Nobody in their right mind thinks that that 16 seed is better than Virginia, but that's what happened that day on the field. That's what makes sports fantastic. Why can't we have any of that in college football? We, we get mm-hmm. – we vote these teams in. Like, you know, Ohio State's obviously a great team – but they played five or six games. Let them play Coastal Carolina. And if they lose to Coastal Carolina, that's fine. So be it. That wasn't their because year to have it. I, I want to know if it is Cincinnati's year. I want right. to know if it is Coastal Carolina's yeah. year. And why wouldn't they? Throw yeah. them a bone. It's like yeah. in baseball this year when we expanded the playoffs. All of a sudden, you have these teams that were like 15, 16. They went, hey, wait, what? We got a chance to get in the playoffs? Yeah. So you're saying if we get in, we have a chance to play them and beat them? That's yep. all you're looking for. I agree. Expand this thing, man. Yeah. Give, some, the, give some of these other teams a chance. And maybe the Bleacher Blums listeners will tell us, name another sport where you actually don't have to win a game to get into this. This like <laughs> You have to win. You have yeah. to win. I mean, the Vikings were the, one of the favorites this year. They were 10-6 and six or 11-5 and five last year. They beat New Orleans. Uh, remember, oh, I guess the... That was two years ago. They beat two New years Orleans ago on that, that crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And now this year they start out the year one and five and they were talking about firing coach Zimmer. Like that's sports. I hate to yeah. say, but you know what? Minnesota's oh. probably going to be good next year. They're going to get a couple more defenders. They've got Dalvin cook. Like oh, if, on paper, up, they haven't great enough. I mean, they have a good enough offense to totally to make agree. So not to jump back and forth all over the place, but every sport we know College basketball yeah. has March Madness, but every sport we know is settled on the field, except for college football. College football yeah. is a popularity contest, and it's stupid. Now, yeah. granted, that's if a great, they, that's a great word for it. 
Yeah. But if we had, I mean, we're, we're athletes. We just want to get on the field and play, but to Mm -hmm. say that Alabama has all the five-star recruits and they're the best team in the country is maybe accurate, but let them play coastal Carolina. If they beat coastal Carolina 75 to nothing, then that's fine. That's fine. Then you can say, told you so, Yeah, but we want to know. Yes. I don't get it. I don't get why we can't. And this is that argument for the expansion. If we go back to the system where we vote, that's fine too. Because we used to vote teams in, but then you would have Coastal Carolina or um, Cincinnati maybe sneaking into a Rose Bowl or an Orange Bowl one year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just Boise State made it that year and beat Oklahoma with that wicked play. Like that's, that was that's fun. You watch. Yeah, that was so that was awesome. And Boy, that awesome. was that's if we go back to that system, I'm fine with that because you'll have teams getting in that wouldn't normally get in. But this. College football there's no is parody. the only sport. Yeah, there's no parity. And they'll just vote those teams in. Like, I will tell you, next year's college football playoff is going to be Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and one other team. Because the next they don't 10 years. draft. Because yeah. they don't draft. They have the resources to go out there, and they have the ability. And granted, I give them credit for yeah. maximizing and, and being better at it than other schools. But That's right. You know, let's if you put that same recruiter or recruiters from Alabama at Coastal Carolina and use or you say you just flipped programs, yeah. Guess where the kid's still gonna go? Yeah. He's gonna go to Alabama. Yes, he is. I think it's better facilities, it's a better conference, it's more exposure, it's TV time. It's yeah, there, there's so many more perks that we could get into yeah. than going to Coastal Carolina. That's where the parody ensues, but it's just not fair that they I guess, I mean, it, it, they're playing within the system, whatever it is. So maybe it is fair, but it's yeah. just amazing that though, like you said it right at the beginning, five-star recruits go to those four schools. And that's what we get every single year because there's no parity. That's right. And I just think the reason I brought it up is it's the only sport. I can't think of another sport where that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I went to Santa Clara, you went to Cal, we used to play each other. I mean, do people think Pac-12 baseball is better? They do. Did Santa Clara beat Cal on occasion? Absolutely. Yeah, they did. Did we sometimes win two out of three games? Yeah, we did. I mean, and you know, I mean, it's just, just play on the field. Like some, mm-hmm. some years, you know, you have an up year or down year. I mean, just that's why they play the game, right? We're using all these sayings. What are we doing? That's why we play the game. Like, let's let's let these guys play the game. And honestly, if I'm going to take that thought, I think a lot of people thought Clemson was going to beat Ohio State. And Justin Fields impressed a lot of people. Oh, they were man, only 6-0, yeah. and oh, and he got whacked, and he came in and showed that he is, you know, a tough guy, and, and he could throw yeah, the ball. Yeah, he really I mean, that thing, man. He got crushed yeah. and came back and blew past Clemson. Yeah. Dotto took it right in the can. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I, I just feel like, you know, even Ohio State in this situation where they do have the five-star recruits and they're an excellent program, I mean, they had something to prove and they proved that they were the better team that night. I mean, Clemson's a fantastic program and defending national champions and uh, and Ohio State handed it to them. And that's what I'd like to see with all of these teams and all of these schools. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's what we're here for. Throw yeah. out some opinions, throw out a rant, but I just think college football is really... Conversation. That's right. It's kind of a joke. Yep. And staying in the football realm, have you heard of the curse of the bleachers? The curse of the bleachers? Is that related to the bleacher blooms? Yes. Oh, I, many... we don't believe in jinxes and curses. What? Do, wait, how is this even a thing? Curses are different. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> how, I... how about the fact that we, we have talked about several NFL coaches on this program? Ah. How many of them got fired this year? Bill O'Brien, we talked about at least three of them, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, Bill Anthony O'Brien. Lynn. That's right. Anthony, yeah. 
<laughs> Anthony Lynn and, and Gase up in New York. Yeah. Who should we talk about now? Well, we can't <laughs> should we talk, talk about, about Belichick? Belichick didn't make the playoffs this year. <laughs> he didn't and make see the playoffs if... for the first time I don't in think 30 that years. He gone. He gone. <laughs> Dude, the coaching carousel is unbelievable. But this kind of yeah. leads into – and the Texans. I mean, good yeah. God, what is going on with the Texans? And I yeah. do not understand the obsession with the New England Patriots – should we just change the name of the of the Texans to the, the Houston Patriots? What, why can't they get away from them? Get outside from this little teeny little box they're in yeah. and expand the horizon a little bit and be a little more daring and give somebody a chance. And the only reason I bring this up is because we've talked about minorities in coaching. And good Lord, if you're not inter- – they have not interviewed Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I, th- that just piles on to the lunacy and insanity that is going yeah. on in, with the Houston Texans, because Eric Bieniemy to me, after spending what three four years with with Patrick Mahomes and yeah. a- and Alaire and and some of these guys, he, he knows how to coach winning football. And yeah. if I have a team with Deshaun Watson who put up ridiculous numbers with fourth and fifth string practice squad uh, wide receivers. Why wouldn't I want to bring in a guy like Bienemy and go? Here are the keys to the castle. I, we keep saying castle. I like probably the yeah. most we've ever said. Don't do drinking games in castle in this podcast. <laughs> but give them the keys to the to your car and go. Okay, this is what we have. What do you need? I'll go get it and just make sure this machine revs as high as it possibly can because Deshaun Watson is legit. I'll yeah. let you go off on the Texans, man. No, I was joke. just going to say J.J. Watt got a lot of pub on Twitter, and now most people don't think he's going to come back to the Texans. I think it will have a lot to do with who they hire. I mean, yeah, there's nothing point. wrong with there's nothing wrong with getting a Patriot like Casario in there in the sense that, I mean, somebody was arguing yesterday, again, sports talk I was listening to yesterday, saying there's, you know, the tree is the tree, right? They, everybody comes from some coaching tree or some tree oh, yeah. and the Patriots are a good organization to follow, but because you had hired Bill O'Brien and because you gave him some, you know, the keys to the car then, and it didn't work <laughs> out, you might want to look elsewhere, but regardless of the um, minority coaches or anything else, Eric the has got to be at the top of everybody's list for yeah. what you said, not just cause he's, you know, an African-American hire. I mean, like you said, he was a he was a fantastic football player. He knows the game. I mean, he played at Colorado, and he was fun to watch. He was like Maurice Jones Drew when he was there. I mean, he was a yeah, good ball. call, good and, call uh, right there. Yeah, he was fun to watch. And I just thought, um, you know, I mean, so the Texans do have a chance, which I think is your point. They haven't pulled the trigger yet on a coach. They do have a chance to make some good things happen. But uh, you know, JJ Watt may not come back, depending on you know what you're going to do. And he apologized to Deshaun Watson, which as you said, I that think it's great. the consensus in Houston is like, this guy's out there risking life and limb with, you know, four stringers. And he was making some things happen. And uh, I just, this is another case of two years ago, you could see the potential and climbing and climbing. And now all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's like they yanked the rug out from under it. And, you know, I, I wonder about Sam Darnold in the same, the same vein, which is like mm-hmm. three years ago, we talked about him as the, you know, the next coming of whomever like John Elway. And now they're saying he's the, you know, the most terrible quarterback in the league. And it's kind of like, look, you haven't given him anybody name, any mm-hmm. guy. We said this a couple podcasts ago, name any guy um, on the starting, you know, in the starting lineup for the jets. That's not over the age of 40. I mean, they basically <laughs> they're running back this year. Frank they basically, Gore. yeah, they were just giving Gore the ball to be like, you know what, let's set some records here and get you into the hall of yeah. fame. But Adam Gase never had good bedside manner as far as I'm concerned. And he was not a guy that he's not a leader of men. 
You know, he didn't take guys into battle. And I think that will be back to your point. That'll be really um, telling who um, Nick Casario is it Nick Casario, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Who he brings in in Houston, because I think just because they got a Patriots GM doesn't mean the ship is uh, sinking. It really depends on what he does first in terms yeah. of who he hires to coach. The well, football and hopefully team. maybe it's on Casario to, to maybe take that left turn that they need to take and get out of the rut they're in. Exactly. And create some new opportunities. And maybe that's how he got the job is telling them, Hey, you know, yeah. I, I think we need to create a new opportunity here and move on. How about the, how about the term, how about the, the tenure of some of these coaches? I mean, two, three yeah. years. Ugh. Do you think that, I think that's a little unfair. I don't know how you feel about it, but if you, they keep, the one thing we keep hearing in sports and maybe, you know, maybe we're hearing it in politics too. We should start hearing it is this culture you're trying to create. You know, that's something that AJ Hinch was big on too. When he was here with the Houston Astros, I had to change the culture win, win, win. Yeah. And how do you change that? And you, you cannot, especially in football, I would imagine you can't change that in two years and then be judged on a two or three year tenure on your ability to coach and I'm not trying to defend Gase because I agree with no. you. There's some things that really jumped out. We were like, I don't yeah. think this is going to work. But, right. you know, the two or three year tenure seems doesn't seem very long to be able to pull off a, an NFL franchise culture change. No, that's a really good point. But I tell you what won't change a culture is hiring a guy that already had a job for 10 years somewhere else and then bringing him in thinking, yeah, we're, this is a fresh new start. We're going to bring in Jim Schwartz after his year of retirement. You know, he, he coached yeah. the Lions. Now he's a defensive coordinator for the Eagles, had some health issues, taking a year off. Next year, if somebody brings him in, it's like, eh. like, yeah, you can't change the culture if you're going to keep recycling okay the same old a, coaches. Exactly. And it's okay to just say, hey, you're a really good defensive coordinator. You're yeah. a terrible head coach. Yeah. Or or maybe you are or maybe you aren't, but that's not a way to change a culture. And I think that goes back to your original point. What's wrong with hiring Eric Bieniemy If he's only going to get two years anyway, give him two, <laughs> give him two years to see what he can do. I mean, like you yeah. said, it doesn't I think that's that we go back to Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn is actually the one guy that had a chance because his first yes. two years they had 12 win you know 12 win teams in San Diego and their defense was lauded and pretty good and um, I mean they were one of the top five defenses in the league and then you still had Philip Rivers and you know mm -hmm. yes his arm strength went down but I mean they, they had an opportunity and they were kind of going in the wrong direction now they've got Herbert which is great um, but they're kind of the rest of the team you know Bose has been hurt and they had you know they kind mm -hmm. of lost their identity but I think Anthony Lynn actually did have a chance to kind of change yeah. the culture. And if he had done better clock management or had better things around him, or even just fate, if just those, the clock, you know, just those, some yeah, of those true. games went the other way, the field goal kickers and things like so that. How many went games, way. seven point or one possession yeah. or less. Yeah. yeah. Like 20 games in the last two years. I mean, he, they were, <laughs> they were in every game. So mm -hmm. I think he did have his chance and I'm not saying he's a good or a bad coach. I'm just saying that out of all these guys that got fired, he kind of had the most opportunity to kind of prove and it was just time for a change here in, in uh, I guess it's LA now. I always want to say San Diego, but uh, uh, I was writing you, in my notes and I wrote San Diego Chargers. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But you know, but it is, it's, it's really interesting to look at these coaches because yeah, the, the shelf life, I mean, what have you done for me lately? You know, this like, yeah, you're batting 220, then you're going to get sent down. You're batting 280 and you're the greatest thing since sli sliced bread. So I, I just, it's a really, it's a big challenge. And if I were taking on that challenge, um, I would want to put a, a team around me that uh, is solid. And, you know, that, that just makes me think again of, uh, of the White Sox, Rick Hahn and Tony La Russa. Like, <laughs> but, but anyway, I mean, 
get Casario can can really make a difference by getting a an energetic coach and and to just keep rambling on, I, I think somebody was pointing out the difference between Sean McVay and uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Now Kingsbury has changed the culture. He's only been there two years, but McVay is like a football mind. He used to be, you know, in the quarterback room all the time. He's a quarterback whisperer, yeah. but just looking at the two backup quarterbacks, whether they, they could have had um, the Packers backup come in, but they brought that Streveler guy in, but uh Really interesting to see the difference in coaching. Like McVeigh was playing for the playoffs there, and he brought in yeah. this guy, and he said, "This is what he's going to do." And when when uh, Kyler Murray went out of the game, you could just see a huge difference in the coaching. I thought, yeah, and that's that's usually where you see it when you're not, up, you know, when you're not playing with all your weapons. Then that's mm-hmm. where the manager or the coach actually has to step in and figure out a way to kind of navigate some of that situation when you're not at full strength. Um, right. The the Charger job seems highly appealing to me yeah because you're going to get some of these guys back healthy on defense you can actually you know you can upgrade you know they they they're going to be in position to draft an offensive lineman maybe yep but uh your quarterback is pretty damn legit and you'd seem to have a different decent decent enough core of running backs to be able to mix and match and try and create some movement as far as a running game but man herbert for me this first year setting them records i was like wow well, and Eckler kind of took a step in the right direction. So you have Eckler mm-hmm. and Herbert, Coming and like you said, injury, he finished strong. Yeah, but mainly an offensive line. Derwin James was my favorite player when he's not hurt. I mean, Derwin mm-hmm. James and Bosa, and you have a book, yeah. end, you know, at the other end. The, who's yeah, that? They're sneaky good, and their uniforms are badass. Well, they've always had the best uni, unis. But I, I, I mean, like you said, I think that's a good job. People are trying to argue, like, what job do you want? Um, mm-hmm. The Jaguars job, they're saying it's a great job because you're going to come in and you're going to get the number one pick. And this is a franchise cha- franchise changing pick. But I just, again, you and I said this off air, like I want a guy that's proven. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if the Jaguars jobs is appealing. Cause that's a lot of work, man. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And they've never really been a winning franchise. You know, they had a couple years there, um, well, you know, with Blake back the, yeah. Yeah. With the defense, but yeah, I just, I don't know. No. It's going to be, I, I would agree with you. If I had a, a choice of jobs, I think the chargers job would certainly be the most appealing. Yeah. The market and the team, but yeah. they used to be in San Diego. That's what we want to keep calling them as a San Diego chargers. How about the only professional team left in San Diego, Ooh, God's country, San Diego Padres, yeah. their off season has actually been awesome because here in Houston, it's been a sleeper. There ain't much going on. They don't know what they're doing, where they're going, who they're getting, or what they're signing. But uh, we're just playing the waiting game here in Houston. But San Diego, they went out. How It's amazing to me. A.J. Preller has just put the pedal to the metal and gone for it, uh, and rightfully so, because I think his offense is very good. And they also got that Japanese second baseman that's going to play and move Cronenworth to left field. And their, their offense is legit. Their defense yep. is very good. Pitching is always the key, but how about the fact that they have the ability within now, granted you Darvish was probably a steal in this situation. If you go prospect by prospect and what that trade was, uh, they lost Zach Davies, a big league pitcher, but again, not a flamethrower, just a guy that fills your rotation, but they got Darvish and Blake Snell, man. That is two bonafide aces. I can't believe they pulled that off. And I think that makes them, I don't know if it puts them in first place in the West because we want to see how it rolls out. But at the same time, dude, the Dodgers are on alert now, man. Yeah, the Dodgers, I mean, 
you know, they've won seven uh, National League West pennants in a row. And, you know, they they have a high payroll. And, you know, obviously, I feel like at this point, they need to fill that closer role, but they've got a bunch of flamethrowers in the bullpen that (laughs) could probably sneak into to Jansen's role. But I, I do think the Padres are going for it as they should. And mm-hmm. they should have a lot of confidence based on that. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing is, uh, you got to earn it. We were talking about that before you got to earn it. And I think the Dodgers are definitely going to be on alert this year. And, and the Padres kind of put them on alert last year, um, yeah, you know, without the, without these two pitchers. But I think um, this kind of goes to our point about, do you want Herbert or, um, or Trevor Lawrence? I mean, I mean, the Padres, like they traded away some prospects, as you said, but you know, I was a prospect for years. Right. I mean, give you me know, now. Do you, yeah. give me now. And they've got the opportunity and, and the Padres. I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think what they've done has certainly made the biggest splash in the off season thus far. Mm. And um, you know, and, and if more opportunities come up, they may, who knows, they may make more moves, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I, I would agree with you. I mean, the only professional team in San Diego um, mm. will get a lot of attention this year, especially if they can uh, turn in a winning performance. Yeah, they really should. And, you know, obviously I'm biased because I played in San Diego so that I have some history there and appreciated everything they did. And I just, knowing that San Diego lost the Chargers, they've lost the Clippers. I mean, it seems like everybody's vacating the area for whatever reason. I know it's kind of a fickle fan base where they show up when you're winning and when you're not, they don't want to, you know, waste their time on you. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, I just, I love the people down there. I love the neighborhood. You know, it's just, God, how do they not, how does that place not sustain a professional team? So I do hope they get the attention and I do hope they play well. And if they win the West, say they go out, I mean, realistically, they've got to be thinking about going out there and winning the West, which would be the first time since 2006. Now I'm going to play a little bit of trivia with you. And I did not plan on this. All right. And the only reason I know this is because, of my history, but in 2006 was the last time the San Diego Padres won the National League West. Now, my question to you is who was their starting shortstop in game one of the National League Division Series against the St. Louis Cardinals in 2006? Yeah, Jeff Blum. Yeah. That was the, that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you are old, man. No, I'm I am kidding. Ancient. Yeah. And uh, the only reason I was playing shortstop is because Khalil Green, who I love, oh, yeah. Khalil Green's one of the best dudes I've played with in baseball. He punched a cement wall, broke his hand. Yeah. Isn't he Canatuna guy? Wasn't Khalil Green Canatuna guy? He was in the shortstop morning, and he eat a can of tuna. I think I remember him. Every day. Yeah. Every freaking day. And the, if it was a day game, it was steel cut oatmeal, no, and just a, a spoonful of peanut butter. <laughs> that was it. Go. And then it was it was a, just a can of tuna. Go. It was um, <laughs> he he was amazing. Oh yeah, Love he that must guy. have been amazing. I mean, he was a really high pick in the draft and made it to the big leagues fast. So I think all everybody mm-hmm. that saw him or played against him was like, oh, this guy's amazing. Like we just got to get him. And you know what's unfortunate about that is that he is going to be one of those guys. Why didn't he do more? You yeah. know, he had some issues internally, but he was one of those great guys where you watched him play. Like if you showed up to the ballpark, you went, good yeah. God, this guy's amazing. And yeah, he's yeah. got pop. And yeah. you're like, what the, and he just, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, he was fighting his own demons and couldn't uh, finish out a career. Is that right? Was he injured? Like, I, I always feel like Troy Tulowitzki was kind of that guy too. Everybody thought, man, this guy's yeah, amazing. If he could, if he could stay but, healthy. 
but he came to fruition really i mean he certainly came to fruition and he got paid but i mean he had enough good years in a row yeah but i don't even remember khalil green throwing two or three good years together to get mm -hmm. even into like tulawitzki territory and like you said no. yeah i mean that's unfortunate because yeah i mean was now without getting too personal i know he's an ex-teammate of yours was he uh now we're on the no khalil it was the anxiety thing, thing. Oh yeah, I was gonna say he's like the pitcher for the Astros now. The uh, same same thing, right? Uh, oh, Granky, yeah, Granky. Yeah, Granky. Well, right? I mean, was it that's when you talk about inner demons? That's all you mean? Like he didn't love playing in front of people and having yeah. to answer questions. But Granky did that. a better job of handling it and adjusting and dealing with it. Gotcha. Whereas gotcha. you know, I think Khalil Khalil wasn't given the opportunity or didn't have the chance. Yeah. But I mean, this is a whole other thing too. The anxiety and the and the mental. You know, part of the game that that happens to these guys is yeah. is sad. So it's a form of the yips. It's a form of the yips. It is. It yeah. really is. The you know, and and just because he can make a throw across the diamond doesn't mean he's not dealing with something internally. Exactly. You know, I agree with you in that sense, and it, it's unfortunate that that got the best of him, and unfortunately, he's yeah. out of the game. But yeah. one of the greatest quotes I have ever heard from a ball player on the field. You know, we talk about Ricky Henderson. You know, some of the things he said. Oh, yeah. There's a colorful, you know. Uh, Pedro Martinez, Ozzy, dude, I, I, I was talking to Khalil. It, it was 05, 06. He's playing really well. I'm like, Khalil, man, I go, you know, what motivates you? What gets you going? He goes, you know, what would make you happiest in the game? He goes, it's not in the game. The game's not going to make me happy. And I said, okay, I get that. You know, I understand. There's more to life than the game. And he kind of goes, you know what make me happy, Blummer? And I mean, dead, dead pan, straight face. In the middle of batting practice, we're fielding ground balls, having a great time. He looks at me and goes, Blummer, <laughs> I can't do it without a straight. I am a two-year deal and a good drum beat away from retiring. Oh. <laughs> he was Eminem. He would sit on the bus and on these sheets of paper and these notebooks, he would write down just lyrics and notes. Oh, and I mean, he had he would go get vinyl and like scratch him. He was, he was amazing. He was just like a savant in so many different ways. It was unbelievable. Oh, he was great. That's crazy. Well, I yeah. didn't know he burned out early. I, I, I didn't know him that well, obviously, but uh, interesting. Yeah. Can of tuna. I remember the can of tuna. And I remember he yeah. could hit bombs. So, but the reason we started down this road is because Jeff Lum was the starting shortstop the last <laughs> time in the divisional playoffs, the last time the Padres made the playoffs. So let's go. So this year, let's hope the Padres can change that trivia question, right? Who was the yeah, starting no shortstop? Doubt. Oh, it's uh. It's going to go uh, Jeff Blum to Fernando Tatis Jr. That's right. Fernando that's Tatis perfect. Jr. Which is a good, you know, it's a good transition, yeah. right? Like, hey. Extremely good considering, I mean, the, the two degrees of Fernando Tatis Jr. is I play with his dad in Montreal. That's right. And <laughs> while, you know, Wally Pipp's famous, you know, and Wally yeah, Pipp didn't do a whole lot in the big leagues. Right? You know, it's like, hey, you know, yeah. Jeff Blum, Fernando Tatis Jr. There you go. So. Legit. Um, right. let's see. So you know, I dazzle well, me because I, I'm almost, I'm, might be fried, man. I, no, I'm pretty much done too. Uh, I I said this before, so this won't be a shock to you. This isn't really even a what'll tuttle say, but I did want to say that we've been in the locker room. We had all this unrest and this crazy stuff. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to continue to add to the crazy in this podcast. Um, the Jets, like when they talk about the tanking, like they talked about the 76ers tanking and the Jets tanking, and there have been legitimate serious articles written by people in the media, sports media, saying, oh, the Jets, oh, they ruined their chance in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And we've touched on this here before, like who would you rather have, Herbert it, or Trevor Lawrence? ruining like, your chance. Yeah, like, 
like so you're saying you're <laughs> like ruining one. your chance there you go another movie line um so you're saying there's a chance no we're saying you've ruined your chance um but i don't understand i've never been on a team that is like consciously tanked. like people go out there and they play like i mean the tanking can come from upstairs and we've touched on this before like with aaron boone and dave roberts with the uh the ipads like maybe some messages being sent down from the you know oh yeah cashman told me to take out our starting pitcher and now. put in. Get him out of there. Yeah, yeah, get him out. Good. Get him out of the game, right? Oh, yeah, Kevin Cash. That's right, yeah. <laughs> get him out. But, but I mean, no athlete in their right mind wants to be the 0-16 Browns. They just don't. I mean, Joe Thomas <laughs> never wanted to play on the 0-16 Browns. So you could say, oh, yeah, they tanked so they could get this quarterback or they tanked so this could happen. So when they, when they say the Jets ruined their chance, the Jets beat the Rams, which if I were the Rams, I'd be super embarrassed about, but that's a whole nother mm-hmm. story. None, nobody in that locker room on that field was trying to tank. So don't come ask me about, you know, even, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't come ask me about, Hey, well, you just lost your chance at Trevor. Lawrence. Who the hell is Trevor Lawrence? I don't even know who that guy is. Like we're in this clubhouse with these people and we're trying to win football games and we're NFL players. So give me some insight or give me some clarity as to what these media <laughs> people are talking about. What are they doing? Like, what are they talking about? And who, who is this like, who are the they that are tanking? Because nobody's tanking that as far as I know. I want to how about one day I want to hear an NFL player come in or NBA right. or whatever. I want to hear the story about, hey, man, there was this one time I was playing for the Jets in 2020. And yeah, what a crazy year. COVID, pandemic, but we were still playing. We got off to a rough start and coach called us in in week, in week 15. And he goes, guys, I got a plan. We're going to tank <laughs> and have every, every player go, yeah, let's go. I don't remember in Braveheart where they're outnumbered, where he went, hey, guys, we don't have a chance, man. We're going to shut it down, get our butts kicked, regroup, and we're going to hope that there's some other Irishman or Scottish guy that's going to come over here and help us. No, give me a break, man. Doesn't you're work sitting that in that way. locker room and you go, man, I hope we tank so we can get Trevor Lawrence. Don't you agree? Yeah. That dude would get socked in the face, man. Because oh, yeah. nobody looks at a college quarterback right now and goes, he's going to turn us around next year. Or I'm going to tank this year so in 2023, we can be really good. You yeah. don't even know if you're going to be there. And you're playing for your life. This is your career. This is this is your legacy. And I don't want to be the guy that was out there that said, oh, I tanked. And I love your idea of the press conference going, man, you guys really did a great job out there today. You really threw that game to make sure you get that number one pick and imagine what the guy would answer. Yeah. Hey, it's a 53 man roster. Suppose you go out there and tank and then the next year they draft this guy and guess who gets cut you like, yeah. Whoops. Hey, I was yeah. tanking to, I thought I That's took one for the team. Like, yeah. Or they bring around the waiver. We were talking about that. So um, here, we want you to, you know, that COVID <laughs> waiver you signed, you're going to sign this tanking waiver. You're not going to try your hardest. You're not going to like, I mean, it's, it's just as asinine. And the more articles I read about it, and maybe they're just saying it hypothetically, like, oh, they really ruined their chance. I mean, dude, the Jets are the Jets. And, you know, I mean, many people will tell you, I mean, yeah. you said this the last time. Thinking. Yeah. The last time the Padres were in the playoffs was 2006. So, I mean, they now have 15 years of so they they threw all their you know their money in the ring or their hat in the ring to say we're going to go for it this year with snell 12 years to get the next you know yeah and guess what if that doesn't work out if the dodgers still win the west you know maybe the padres get in as a wild card but if they don't get in the playoffs this year guess what they tried but that's i mean there's no guarantees 
So no I just, guarantees. I am just, I'm over the, I'm over the articles about, you know, the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Yay. The Jaguars won the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. <laughs> They're still going to be shitty next year. Yeah. Guess what? That's you still need to protect them. You yeah. still need new coach, to ball. You new still need GM. A, uh, yeah. You know. Playbook. Oh yeah. That's all I got. That's, so that's hilarious. There hasn't really been. And it, you know, what's funny about that is nobody sat there just to use it as an example. And cause mm-hmm. we're in the moment. Uh, nobody sat there in in Charger land and went, man. I hope we, you know, hope we get Herbert. Not one person said, I hope we get Herbert. Now mm-hmm. everybody's going, man. I wish we would have drafted Herbert. Exactly. You know, who's going to be that guy that gets drafted after yeah. Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Do the Dolphins think they should have got Herbert instead of Tua? I mean, maybe. Th- right. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But Tua again, Tua doesn't have a lot of weapons around him either. You know, mm-hmm. keep throwing it to Gasicki or Jasicki, the, the yeah, Penn State tight end. It, man. Yeah, well, he's like six foot six and he's great. He's a receiver, but they don't really yeah. have much else. And they and, and I heard this, too, but they had uh, Chan Gailey was their offensive coordinator. It's oh, like, dude, dude still the, in the game. The Dolphins were 10 and six and they had a chance to make the playoffs with Chan Gailey. Like, let's bring in like somebody like Sarkeesian. Obviously, he has a new job, but like bring in somebody that they could use that could take mm-hmm. advantage of Tua's, you know, yeah. skill set. And Tua, by the way, also had Waddle and Devonta Smith and Calvin Ridley. And like mm-hmm. that list is really long as well. You know, I don't think he was around when Julio Jones was there, but you know, maybe Amari <laughs> Cooper. It's like all of a sudden you're like, okay, you had Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, you know, Waddle and Devonta Smith. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. Just throw the ball up. Somebody's <laughs> going to catch it. So anyway, I mean, we just don't know. That's the whole point of this, right? We have no oh, yeah. idea. So let's not get into the tanking conversation. Nobody's tanking. Well, organizations may be tanking, but players well, are say, not You tanking. can actually, I'm with you in that sense. And it's good you brought that up too, because I, players, no, there's no, no, no way they're tanking. But on, on the top side, you can say a GM or a coaching staff, maybe yeah. you, not necessarily saying tanking, but saying uh, they have a little more control. Yeah. Yeah. And people have, you know, so again, this will bring us full circle and we can shut it down. The Capitol building, the conspiracy theory about the government and rigged elections. Speaking I mean, there are, there are, you know, broadcast teams and broadcast organizations. We've said it before, and maybe that's why Notre Dame makes the college football playoff every year. There are matchups that people want to see. They want to see Yankee Red Sox, you know, mm-hmm. American league, uh, championship series like everybody wants to see that so mm-hmm. that's fine but if it turns out to be the rays and you know and the astros then hey let's let's deal with it <laughs> let's play with it yeah, yeah. i mean there's no that conspiracy might be the entire <laughs> the entire motto of this podcast is just deal with it oh like and it. you know kirk gibson was our manager in 2011 he came in and he would he, and he basically said i'm going to do things you like i'm going to do things you don't like he goes one thing you got to remember is dwi deal with it yeah whether you like it or not and i think that's kind of where we're at as a society yeah. that's where you're at as a fan yeah. you may like it you may not like it deal with it because that's deal all we got it. for right now hey and we can finish up you know saying thanks to our military and our, our frontline uh healthcare workers and yes. service jocko yes. would tell you the same thing jocko willink oh. was asked on joe's podcast did you ever have a commanding officer that you didn't see eye to eye with did you ever blah 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 and jocko says nope I really? did not God, <laughs> because he's so, he's so much stronger than I am because Mentally. he, because DWI, 
because he dealt with it. I hated Lupinella. I wasn't going to DWI that guy. I know. Well, hey, I mean, but you should, right? Like you should, because guess who has a lot of say-so over your career? And guess who has a lot of say-so over like whether you're going to be in the lineup or not? That guy does. Now, do you like the guy? No. Do you respect the guy? No. But DWI, you got to deal with it so that you can get into another position. And look, you got traded and got into another position that was better for you. But you didn't like, you know, smash your locker and like write letters to the media and tell people, I mean, just deal with it. And I think that's kind of what Jocko was saying is like, look, there were people that I did not see eye to eye with, but as far as they knew, I was one of their minions. I was one of their guys. And that's the way it works in the military, especially. Yeah, totally agree. So anyway, that's all I got. We got to give the shout out to, as I said, frontline workers, healthcare workers. We are in a new year here and we don't um, necessarily believe in jinxes. And we don't necessarily believe in uh, resolutions, but we certainly believe in uh, grinding it out and uh, making a better life for ourselves. And uh, I think that's where that's where we're at now. We want to make 2021 the best it can be. It's got to be better than last year. And as uh, the immortal uh, promo code for WSM CBD said, right, F2020, <laughs> and uh, we're on to the, the new year, bigger and better things. You're absolutely right. Always improving, always grinding. It's not always going to be the most beautiful process, and it's not always going to go like this. Sometimes it may take a little bit of a dump, and then we got to move up. But the one thing we always tell everybody at the end of every podcast, and we live by this too, trust me, is get after it, and most of all, you've got to believe it.